0: Well, good morning. How's everybody doing? Can I wish you a mer- early Merry Christmas? Merry Christmas? A Merry Christmas. Awesome. Well, if we haven't met before, my name is Brendan Witten. I'm the lead pastor here at Toronto State Church. I know most of us have, uh, but just in case, I know there's some guests with us as well. So we are so glad you're here with us today, and I am excited to share the Word of God with you. Obviously, we are in round two. We had three services this morning, so it's good to see you guys here at the 10.30 a.m. service. Now, before we jump into the message, I wanted to just uh, give a special thank you to everyone who sowed in our Christmas uh, uh, generosity offering opportunities. So as you know, I just want to share a couple reports with you. And oh, make sure I want to say hello to everybody online as well, too. So we are live streaming this service. That's why everybody say hi to everybody who's joining us online. Oh, come on, we can do a little bit of that. I would say hello to everyone who's joining us from all over, who's online. It's good to have you here. And um, I I would just, um, again, as I mentioned, I want to share with you a report from our giving. So first and foremost, I am really pleased to let you know that we had over $5,000 that was raised to sow into Families in Need here in Toronto City Church. So come on, if we can just, God, thanks for that. And thank you to each of you who sowed and invested in that. Secondly, we have been able to this point raise and get 750 Bibles for believers in persecuted churches. So come on, we can thank God for that as well. And um, now we've kind of taken care of the families in need, but I did wanted to encourage you, if you'd still like to sow and invest... For Bibles, going to believers in persecuted churches, we can still give up through this coming week. And so you can still make that donation if you want to get it in. Just please don't leave it too late because we want to send a check off to the Canadian Bible League to make sure, excuse me, the Bible League Canada, to make sure that they can get Uh, The money in by the 31st. We have to mail it and get it sent. But you know, it got me thinking, and just a testimony to share with you, I I did a little bit of back checking for this year. Because you know, one of the amazing things about Christmas is generosity and the opportunity we have to give. I mean, I love receiving, but I definitely love giving. And that's really the spirit of the Christmas season. And so through this year, just to share as a testimony here at Toronto State Church, we have been able to give more than $150,000 just to other ministries, to people in need, to advance the kingdom of God. So if we can just thank God for that as well, $150,000. And that is your generosity through a challenging year, through a pandemic. And so I want to just talk a little bit more, and we're going to jump into the Word of God today. I want to talk a little bit about giving. I want to talk to you about a very special gift that God has given to us. And so let's pray together, and let's agree, and then we're going to jump into the Word of God. Father, we come before you today in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity we have to be here we thank for this opportunity we have to focus on Christ, our Lord, and we come to adore Him, to come to, to lift Him up. And so, Lord, as I have a few moments here to share Your Word, I thank You, God, that it won't just be my words that are being spoken, but really Your Word will come through to each person, God. Lord, again, people will not hear what I'm saying as much as what they're hearing You, they, they will hear what You are saying to them through what's being said. And Lord, we just thank you that our hearts are open, our ears are open to hear, and our hearts are open to receive from you. And we thank you for all this today in Jesus' name. And everyone agreed with me, said, amen. Amen. Well, obviously Christmas is coming up and we've got uh, getting ready. We've got six days to go. Pastor Sam and Pastor Sharon had already mentioned kind of taken a poll on getting their Christmas shopping done. And I want you I was in the mall a little bit yesterday. Actually it wasn't as bad as I was you know, concerned it was going to be. It seems the mall's a little lighter this year I guess with everything happening and everything going on around us. More people are on Amazon. I had flipped online and saw a bunch of people talking about Amazon Prime as like their Christmas shopping opportunity. But whatever way we go, I want to talk to you today a little bit about giving. I want to talk to you about gifts, and as I said, I want to talk to you about a very special and a very important gift, in my mind, the most important gift ever. Now, I don't know what your family traditions are like around gift-giving and Christmas. Is there anyone here or anybody online, you can give a shout-out in the comments, who did their gifts on Christmas Eve? Anybody, any Christmas Eve gift people? Okay, we got a couple hands that are raised, you know, again depending on culture, depending on your family, you might do Christmas Eve. Now, do we have any people here today, again or any people online, who your gift giving was like wake up in the morning as early as it is, tear down to the tree, start ripping open the presents, start pulling out the gifts. Anybody, early morning, run down, tear out the presents tree. Okay, we got a couple of hands there. Anybody kind of more of a leisurely, we have to eat as a family and kind of have a couple things happening and then we're going to open the gifts sometime in the morning. Anybody in that territory? Okay, so we got a lot, we got quite a few very balanced kind of rhythmic people here. Anybody went even later, got into the afternoon, even later in the evening? I see a couple of you looking like, why would anybody do that? I I don't know. I'm just trying to give options here. All right, well, let me tell you a little bit about the Witten household growing up. Because the Witten household growing up, we definitely didn't do Christmas Eve. I mean, we, we maybe got one gift on Christmas Eve. You know, we, we'd always try and push for more. We'd get one gift on Christmas Eve. We were not awake up early in the morning and rip open your presents, fell. We were not even middle of the morning. Because we had quite a few things that needed to happen in the Witten household before we got to open the presents. And so when we were kids, I'm going to tell you the truth. It used to drive us up the wall sometimes. So we'd be up early. We'd be ready to go. But well, obviously I have to wait for mom and dad to come. But we always waited. And we loved them, so it wasn't a problem. It's just sometimes they took a little long to get to the house. But we had to wait for Nana and Papa to come over. So I'm sure you can imagine as kids, especially, maybe even as getting a little older than just being kids. But I won't call myself out too much. We were on pins and needles waiting for Nana and Papa to come. You know, Nana Papa lived in Oshawa, and we kind of jumped over the years. So we started in Oshawa, then we moved to Whitby, then we moved to Asian Pickering. It kept getting further and further and further away. And, and, so, and Nana and Papa would take, so we're waiting, we're looking out the window. We'd be asking our parents, are they coming yet? Are they coming yet? So then when Nana and Papa arrived, it's time for the presents, right? No, not time for the presents. Because in the Whitten household, we had to read the Christmas story. So Nana Papa would come, but we're like, okay, we've made a step here. So, and I'm thankful for this now, especially as I'm older. But you know, when we were younger, it could be a little, a little challenging on Christmas morning sometimes. So then we'd read the Christmas story, and we don't just read it, but we needed to talk about the Christmas story. And if you know my father especially, when it comes time to to share about the Word of God, he has a lot to say. I I may have gotten a little bit from him on that. So we'd open up, and I'm sure there's a couple years we read every version of the Christmas story. We went to Matthew, and then we went to Mark, and we went to Luke. And then, so finally, we finished reading the Christmas story. And as kids, we're like, okay, we are ready to open our presents. Is it time to open the presents yet? Nope, not time to open the presents yet. You know why? Because we need to talk about what we're thankful for. So now we need to go around the circle, and everybody needs to share what we're thankful for. And, you know, you're trying not to appear like you just don't care at all, and you just want to get, you're trying to appear thankful. But, you know, you're trying to think of things, and you're really hoping people move quickly. Now if you've ever been in that situation where, like, one of your siblings has maybe taken a long time I won't call out any of my siblings who take a long time to say things. But, you know, they're taking a long time to say what they're going to say. And you're like, well, you just hurry up so we can open the presents. Then we finish thankfulness. Time for the presents. No, because now we need to pray. Right? We've read the Word. We've talked about what we're thankful for. Now we need to pray. And if you know my family, if you know my mother, she's a woman of prayer. We're not talking about a quick prayer. We're talking about prayer. And then after all that, we got to open up the presents. But I will say this, it built great family traditions and it really built up the anticipation. Right? It wasn't like we just ran into things. So I don't know what your gift giving traditions like. I don't know if I gave any of the parents in here an idea. If any kids are listening, they're probably going, no, please don't do all that. Don't, don't pull on what Pastor Brendan was talking about there. But I want to talk to you today about the gift. I want to talk to you about the most important gift and this is the gift of eternal life. Everyone say eternal life. Now let me say this right off the beginning, because as soon as I say that, I want to talk to you about the gift of eternal life. Many of us who've been around church for a while, sometimes there can be this little switch that clicks in our head, and we go, oh, okay, it's one of, you know, like, that's a good message, but I know this, and you know, okay, that's good. This is going to be a good message. Somebody needs to hear this. No, I want to encourage you this morning. I, I want to talk about a very simple aspect of this gift, but I want to encourage each one of us to hear it as if this is the first time that we're hearing it like to really open our hearts to let God speak to us in a fresh way. Because I believe in this Christmas season, in the middle of all that's going on around us, God wants to speak to us in a fresh way of the power of His gift and in the power of what He has done for us. And so I want you to turn with me to Matthew 1, 18-21. And I'm going to read here. It was one of those Christmas passages that we would start with in the Witten family. And it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place this way. you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Come on, somebody say, he will save his people from their sins. Now, there's several things I just want to encourage us from this passage today. Some of things I just want to get you thinking about. The first thing, and actually this isn't my main point, but as I was prepping this morning, I felt like the Lord asked me to mention it in here. This part where he said, Joseph, son of David, do not fear. Somebody say, do not fear. And I want to encourage you, this has been one of our themes this fall, this has been one of our themes really in this past season that we've walked through, but I want to encourage you with these words this morning. I believe they're words to Joseph, but I also believe they're words to us. Those of you who are here in person, those of you who are here in line, I want to encourage you, do not fear. You know, I don't know how you're feeling today, I don't know how you felt this weekend, but just with some of the changes that have happened again in our province, some of the things that have come down, maybe some of us had to change some plans, change some traveling, maybe some of it, there's just a lot of things that can be discouraging for many people, and there can be a lot of fear that starts to kind of rise up again about what's going to happen, what's going on. I want to encourage us today, just with this word from the Lord, that we do not fear. Now it's interesting because if you look at Joseph, Joseph was in a very challenging time in his life. I think a lot of times we read these stories and we don't think about what was this really like for Joseph? What was this really like for Mary? And I don't have time to go too far down the road, but Joseph was in a very difficult time because here he ha- thought he had the woman he was going to marry. He thought that you know, his life was set. Uh, you know, he loved her. He was ready to build a life with her. And then he founds out she's pregnant. Now, this would be shocking for anybody. In that day and time, even more so, it was a major, major problem. So we're not talking about, yeah, just this issue Joseph's going through and an angel appears to him. No, we're talking about a very challenging season. And the fact that the angel came to him said, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. In other words, why? Because he was afraid to take Mary as his wife. He was feeling fear. He was feeling uncertainty of the future. He may have been feeling like, God, why is this happening right now? Why is this happening to me? And I want to encourage you because we're not in a situation right now like Joseph was, but we are in our own situations. And it looks different for every single one of us, but many of us even listening today, many people online, we are facing challenges, even with the shifts that were made over the last several days. Some of us might be concerned economically. Some of us might be concerned for our family, different things in mental health. There's all these things. So Joseph was going through his challenge. We're going through our own challenging. But the word of the Lord is do not fear. Fear. he didn't say you're not going to feel afraid he didn't say you may not have opportunities to be afraid but he's saying do not fear watch this for that which is conceived in her is from the holy spirit in other words this is why you don't need to be afraid because the holy spirit is at work in this situation right now that you might not be able to see it but i am working And I want to encourage you today. It's a little different. The Holy Spirit did not conceive COVID-19. He did not conceive, you know, the new variant. But in the middle of this, God is working. God is working in your lives. God is working in our lives. God is working in our church family. He is working. He is moving. And that's why we can choose to not fear. Because we say, God, I trust you. Come on, somebody say, God, I trust you. See, Joseph still had to trust He still had to go forward. He still had to, without understanding how this was all going to look or how this was going to work out, he still had to trust. And I want to encourage you. Maybe there's just even one person today that's listening that I'm saying this for, but God says, do not be afraid because I am working in you. I'm working in your circumstance. I'm working in your situation. Trust me in this season. And so that's the first thing I wanted to mention from this verse. But the second thing where my main focus was going to be was this last line where it says, You shall bear a son, you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And this is the main thing I want to just think about and talk about for a few moments together this morning. You shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. This whole fall here at Toronto City Church, many of you know because you've been tracking along with us, we have been focusing on the names of God, the character of God, who He is. Even this Christmas season, our series has been, He Shall Be Called, and it's been talking more about His names and more about His character. But you'll remember, one of the main things that we've discussed, or kind of a foundational principle, is that names in the Bible, the names of God, they always carry a meaning. We're not as used to this in our Canadian culture. Some of us are still used to this. But for most of us, we just, a name's a name. You pick a name because you like a name or you like the way it sounds or whatever else. But oftentimes we don't really think about what our names mean. Right now, I, there might be a few of us in here and if I asked you, what does your name mean, you would know. But, but for a lot of us, it's not something we very much connect to. But biblically, there was always meaning behind names. And so he says, first and foremost, you shall call his name Jesus, Notice the Lord was very specific of what the name of Jesus was going to be. And do you know that the name of Jesus actually means something? Do you know what the name means? It means salvation. Somebody say salvation. Again, I know we get used to just Jesus and we sing it, we say it, we declare His name. But we need to understand that name actually means salvation. And so even the very name Jesus, the name of who He is, it literally speaks to salvation. I love this. It says, for you shall call His name Jesus, He will save His people from His sins. Right? Jesus, or the Hebrew version of it, is Yeshua, and it means salvation. Now what does salvation mean? This is the second thing I want to pull from this. Salvation obviously means to be saved. But it comes from the Greek language, which the New Testament was originally written in. And it comes from the Greek word either soteria or sozo. And what this means is this word means to save, to deliver, to protect, to heal, to preserve, to do well, or to be made whole. That is what this word means. And family, I want to encourage you in this season that we say, okay, look to Jesus Trust in Jesus. Put your faith in Jesus. When we're saying that, an element of what we're speaking is we're saying he is salvation. And so if you're putting your faith in Jesus, you're putting your faith in his salvation. But salvation does not just mean coming to an altar and praying a prayer so you can be a Christian, even though that's a very powerful part of it. But remember, it means that when we trust Jesus to be our salvation in this season, we are trusting him to save us, but we're also trusting him to deliver us. We are trusting him to protect us. We are trusting him to heal us. We are trusting him to preserve us. We are trusting him to make things to go well or to prosper in our lives. We are trusting him to be made whole. And so, even the name of Jesus, like when we sing the name of Jesus, when we declare the name of Jesus, even when we say, okay, you know, Jesus is the reason for the season. This Christmas, let's focus on Jesus. Part of even declaring his name is speaking of his salvation for us. And so, I want to encourage you this Christmas season, even with everything that's going on around us, remember that he is salvation. He has that place in our lives. Come on, somebody say, He is salvation. So we see that His name is Jesus. We see that this means salvation. But where I want to finish with focusing on is I want to zero very much in on a very important part of this salvation that says right here in this verse where it says, He will save His people from their sins. Now, I know I just finished saying to you That part of salvation is it's this expansive word that impacts every area of our life. But right at the foundation of that word, guys, is this truth and is this reality that He has saved us from our sins. If you're sitting here today and you know Jesus, He has saved you from your sins. If you're sitting here today and you don't yet know Jesus... You have an opportunity today to get to know Him. You have an opportunity to open your heart up to Him. And you have an opportunity for Him to save you from your sins. Now there's two sides to this as I was reflecting as I was preparing this message. Many times I will teach on salvation. I'll teach on sozo or soteria. And my, my heart in teaching that will be getting people to see how broad this word is. To see that it's not just about going to heaven when you die. Even though that's huge. But it's literally about every area of your life. That when God says I'm going to save you, that is sozo, that is soteria. It goes into every area of your life. So a lot of times I will lean that direction. And, and, and for many years in the body of Christ, I think this is a truth that had to be encouraged. And it is a truth that needs to continue to be encouraged. But there's a flip side to this that I want to focus on today. And that is, I wonder today, I look at my life, I want to ask you to consider your life. I, I, I really think about maybe the average Canadian Christian, not that I'm an expert on Canadian Christianity in every way, but I, I do have a little bit of a pulse from ministry. But I wonder, here's what I want us to consider today. Do we properly have a thankfulness and a revelation understanding today that He has saved us from our sins? Because I'm thankful for all the other areas of my life that salvation impacts, but if I'm not saved from my sin, if I'm not forgiven from my sin, then the rest of that doesn't mean a whole lot if I'm not saved from my sin. I want to encourage you today. I want to encourage you as we look forward to Christmas yeah, again, there's, there's been a lot of changes. We don't know even, let's be honest, we don't know what the next number of days will hold. We don't know exactly what things are gonna look like. I'm very, uh, I'm very optimistic and encouraged regarding the big picture of what God is gonna do in our lives and what God is gonna do in our church. But in the short term, yeah, we're facing challenges. And I don't know what challenges you may be facing. Some of you watching online, I don't know what challenges you may be facing today. But here's what I wanna encourage you. We can have a joy in our salvation. And this Christmas season, I want to encourage you, zero in and focus in in a fresh way that Jesus has saved me from my sins. Jesus has saved me from my sins. I have been forgiven. I have been saved. I have been set free. You know there, There's a couple angles to this uh, that I think about. You know, when, when someone becomes a Christian, like you know, every, each one of us have a different spiritual journey. Some of us kind of grew up in faith. Some of us came to Jesus years ago, and we've been walking for many years. Some of us maybe have just recently become Christians. Some of us maybe you are not even a Christian yet. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here because I want to share with you about what this means and what this looks like. But here's what I found is a lot of times when someone first becomes a Christian, there is this thankfulness for salvation that really is kind of dominant in their life. There's this thankfulness that they've been saved. There's this thankfulness that they've been forgiven. They're kind of learning and growing. But there's this, there's this understanding that, man, like God has saved me. God has forgiven me. And I think because we're still closely connected to a lot of the mess of our lives and we remember very clearly what God has saved us from. The challenge that I've found for many is that uh, once you've been a Christian for a while or maybe you grew up in church, we lose sight of what we've really been forgiven from. We can lose sight of the fact that He has truly saved us from our sins. Right? And and we get busy with life. We get busy with our faith. We're growing in different areas. And again, I'm not against any of that, but I want to encourage you this season. Can we just bring it back to the simplicity of saying, you know what? I've been saved from my sin. I've been forgiven by Jesus. I've been set free today. And that is a reason in itself for me to have joy. That is a reason in itself for me to be thankful. That is a reason in itself for me to be filled with peace because I know that I have been saved come on somebody say he saved me let's talk a little bit more about why this matters so much why this is so significant romans 6 23 says this for the wages of sin is death but the free gift of god is eternal life in christ jesus our lord so let's just break this down for a few moments first and foremost we are talking about this word sin what does sin mean well, sin means, because if we're saying Jesus saved us from our sin, we better know what he saved us from. The word sin actually comes from an old English term that's from archery. I don't know if anyone here has ever done archery. and up up, shot some bow and arrow? I haven't really, but I have been watching Hawkeye with my kids on Disney+. Plus, So I guess that's my connection to archery, at least for today. But, you know, when you're going with, for, for archery, you're shooting at a target, you want to hit the bullseye. And if you miss the bullseye, the old English word actually meant that's when you sinned. You've missed the mark. And see, the Bible says that all of us have sinned and fallen short of God's standard. See, we live in a world right now that tells us, uh, we live in a culture that tells us there's not really right or wrong. I mean, it's kind of there, but it's very vague. A lot of it's about your truth, what you feel is right, what you feel is wrong. But that's not what the Bible teaches us, family. The Bible teaches us that God has set a standard of righteousness. He has set a standard of what is right, and He set a standard of what is wrong. And when we miss the mark of what he said is right, that is called sin. And here's what the Bible tells us. Romans 3.23 says this, all of us have sinned. See, I'm not here pointing a finger at you, saying, oh, you've sinned. Guys, I've sinned. We've all sinned. We've all missed God's mark. And because of sin, there is a wage. Right? Now I'm not going to ask who here has a job and who doesn't. I, I, we're not trying to pull out. But I'm sure most of us in here have a job. If you don't have a job, you're going to get a job soon, or we're praying for you to get one, or you've had one in the past. But how I many know when you have a job and you work, you get a wage? Now what is that? That means when you do something, there is a wage that is given to you. You are paid in money. You're paid in funds. But see, the Bible says that when we sin, there is also a wage. And interestingly enough, sin... Just like I don't get paid today for the work I'm doing today. I get paid at a point in the future. I have a payday. And sin has a payday. And sometimes people, they think, well, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, I know there's sin in my life right now, but everything seems okay. I feel like God loves me, or I feel this, or I feel that. But you don't understand, the payday is coming. So there's a wage of sin, and the Bible tells us the wage of sin is death. Death. Now, I know this is not like the most encouraging part of my message, but we've got to understand this part if we're going to understand why we should be so thankful that Jesus saved us from our sins. Now, when the Bible says death, it's not just talking about falling over and dying. It's actually a multi-layered word. It does talk about physical death, but also talks about spiritual death. This means being separated from God. You and I were designed to live in connection and communion with God. That's the way we were designed. Because of sin, it separates us from God. So that's spiritual death. Furthermore, it also means eternal death. This means that when we die, if we die in sin, we are separated from God for eternity. Now that's the bad news, but there's some good news, right? Because the verse doesn't finish here. The wages of sin is death, but if you hear me preach, I'll say this a lot. You know what but does? but cancels out whatever happened before with what's coming afterwards. Somebody says to you, well, I really like you, but. How many you know whatever they first said to you is not going to carry a whole lot of weight going forward? I'd really love to help you, but. Right? I want to come to church on Sunday, pastor, but. Right? Whatever it might be. Well, here, the wages of sin is death. Come on, somebody say but. <laughs> That's what he said. He said, But. Here's what happens. The free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. In other words, yes, there's a problem. The problem is sin. And there's a wage of sin that's death. And it shows up in our life. And it shows up in all kinds of terrible ways. A lot of times you say, man, why did God let this happen to me? Why is this going on in my life? Guys, honestly, a lot of times it wasn't God. He's already made a solution for us. It's our participation in sin in our lives. It brings death into our lives. It brings challenges in our lives. But there's some good news that I have for you today. Jesus came to save us from sin. Jesus has saved you from sin. And what he he did was he brought a free gift of eternal life through him. You can have the wage of sin which is death or you can receive the free gift of God which is eternal life that comes through Jesus Christ alone. Lord. What is eternal life? Eternal life is the exact opposite of eternal death. Right? Yes, you still will physically die, but you ultimately get a new body where you live forever with Him. Number two, you are no longer separated from God, but you are now connected with God in community and communion with Him. Number three, instead of being eternally separated from God, you get to live with Him forever, ruling and reigning for all of eternity. That is the power of eternal life. And so when we go back into Matthew, and it says, you shall call his name Jesus' salvation, so he will save his people from her sins, from their sins. Guys, this is the power of the Christmas message. This is the power of Jesus, and this is what he has done in each one of our lives. And I want to encourage you today. Part of my prayer, there's a psalm, Psalm 51, I believe, where David says to the Lord, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. And in the middle of everything that's going on around us today, I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you. I just want to pray into you today that the Lord will restore in a fresh way. He'll bring it up in a new way, the joy of our salvation this Christmas season. Why? Because Jesus has saved us from our sins. Jesus has saved us from eternal death. Jesus has saved us from the the, the wages of sin just destroying our lives, and he has given us eternal life. How many of you are thankful today for eternal life? And I want to encourage you, this Christmas season, I want to encourage you, even as we get ready, we still got several days. I, 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 don't know you mean, I don't like Christmas on the weekends. I'm always, maybe as growing up as a kid, I don't want to wait the whole first Christmas break week, waiting for Christmas to happen, and then get back in. Someone else we're talking about. Well, I was talking with one of the teachers. Mike and I were talking about it too. But, but here's it. Christmas is coming. we got, we still got some time to be prepared and be ready. But I believe this Christmas, for all of you here, all of you are joining us online, God says, I want you to have a fresh revelation of the joy of your salvation. And I'm going to pray for each one of us in a moment. So I just want to encourage us to bow our heads, just to close our eyes where we are. If you're watching online, just, yeah, again, it's a little different depending on where you're watching this from, but if you just would, would close your eyes and put yourself in a position to receive from God. And if your heart today is, is with me, where you're saying, God, I want to I have that fresh joy of your salvation. I want to have that fresh joy of salvation in my life. And you say, I, I just, I'm believing for that. Just in the middle of all that's going on, maybe maybe some of you are facing some real challenges right now. I still believe God says, I want you to have the joy of your salvation. I want you to know the joy of eternal life and remember what you have. Remember what I've given you. And if that's you, I just want you to raise your hand where you just say, I want to receive a fresh joy of my salvation. I'm, I'm going to pray for all of us here. But just that fresh joy And so, Father, today in Jesus' name, we pray for the joy of our salvation, this fresh joy just to flow and to move into every person and every heart. God, those who are tuning online, that there will be a fresh joy of their salvation, that we'll remember the power that Jesus has saved us from our sins. And secondly, just with head bowed and eyes closed, I don't want to assume that everybody here has received this gift of eternal life. I've been sharing this with you. God loves us with his everlasting love, but we've been separated by sin. Jesus came, he died, and he rose again. And he said, if you put your faith and trust me, I'll save you from your sins. I'll give you eternal life. But we still have to choose to receive this gift. And so just with a head bowed and eyes closed, if there's anyone in here today and you say, you know what, I need to give my life to Jesus. I need to receive this gift. Or maybe you need to come back. Maybe you used to follow him you used to know this joy of salvation, but you left. You went your own direction. Again, whether you're here in person, whether you're tuning online, but you know today you need to come back. And if you're either one of those people, just with head bowed, eyes closed, I want to ask you to do something really bold right now. But I want to ask you, say, I need to give my life to Jesus, or I need to give my life back to Jesus. I want you just to raise your hand wherever you are all across this place. If you say, I need to give my life to Him, if you say, I need to give my life back to Him. If you're online and you know you need to do it, there's a button that's coming up where you can just kind of hit that button in the chat to raise your hand. I want to encourage you to do that if you're online and you know you need to give your life to Jesus or give your life back to Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, let's pray together as we bring things to a close. Jesus, thank you so much that you have saved us from our sins. Thank you so much that you came for us, that you loved us, that you gave your life for us, that you rose again for us. And so today as we get ready, kind of head this last week into Christmas, I pray for a fresh joy of our salvation and I pray for a a, a fresh revelation of just that you saved us and that we'd be so thankful. We'd be so filled with love, joy, peace, just all that you have for us because we'd have that foundation remembering the fact that you have saved us from our sin. Hello, we pray for anyone who's heard this message. God, anyone who's going to hear this message in third service. God, anyone who's hearing it online. God, who don't know you, that we pray they will come to know you in Jesus' name. And everyone agreed with me, said. Amen. Oh, come on. We do a little better than that, family. Everyone agreed with me, said. Amen. Amen. Come on. Somebody say, you shall call his name Jesus. He will save his people from their sins. How many people are thankful for salvation today? Amen? Amen. Praise God. Thank God for that. Amen. All right. Well, we are keeping things moving today, so we are at a close. Thank you so much for being here. Please remember to join us for Christmas Eve, 6 p.m. It's going to be an online experience only, so you can get that at the website. And remember, next Sunday is the Sabbath Sunday. We're giving all our teams a break, and we're just going to have a Sunday off. Then we'll be back on January 2nd. I'm excited to be sharing with you the Word of the Lord. I know there may be some questions of what if the government regulations or anything. If there's any changes, just stay glued. We'll update you on your email. We'll be putting things on the website. We'll make sure we get everything out. But as of now, we're just believing God. We're going forward in 2022. Amen? That's what we're believing God for, and we're going forward together. So... If you can't exit out these doors, it would be very helpful for us because we're going to be welcoming people in quite quickly for our third experience. We do have a special treat for you as you go out. Just something small, something sweet. My wife and Pastor Sam are talking about Christmas treats. So just a little bit of chocolate for you guys. But God bless you. Thank you for being here today. Have a wonderful Sunday. Have a Merry Christmas. And to everyone who's joined us online, thank you so much for being here with us. God bless you today as well.